If you love all things gardening, why not join us at our Spring Fair from the 3rd to the 5th of May at Bewley in Hampshire. You'll find everything you need to kickstart the season. Find out more at bbcgardenersworldfair.com. See you there. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store. Like now, go. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast. Brought to you by the team here at the magazine. Join us as we chat all things gardening with the nation's favourite experts. Hello and welcome to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast on cooking delicious meals from homegrown harvests with me, Adam Frost. For me, growing your own vegetables is one of the most enjoyable things I do with my spare time. Whether it's sowing seeds, you know, growing some wonderful new potatoes, looking after it, caring, tendering, getting it through to harvest and then taking it back into my kitchen and trying to create something for my family. It makes me feel quite proud and warm inside. The first bit, I think I'm reasonably okay with most of the time. But the cooking, a bit of a mixed bag, I suppose. So what I've gone and done is I've gone and found myself a new best friend. And what she doesn't know about food is not worth knowing. I'm going to let her introduce herself. What an introduction. I'm Cassie from Good Food. And um, today we're going to be talking all about carrots and other roots, aren't we? Hey, let's crack on. Right, eh? Here we go. Carrots. Carrots. 
When do they first come into your life? Is it if you eat your carrots, you'll be able to see them in the dark? I think it's probably one of the first things most people eat, isn't it? As a baby, <laughs> carrot puree and... Yeah, you're probably you know, right, actually. Weed yeah. on them. You are. And Ed, is there any truth in that? How good are carrots for you? Yeah, they're pretty good for you. I mean... Yeah, like you say, there's the old wives' tale of they help you see in the dark. I don't know if that's true, but they do contain lots of carotenoids, which are great for your eyes and can help deter age-related macular degeneration. And they're packed with vitamins and minerals, low in calories. So, you know, all around a good thing to have in your kitchen. And again, another one of those things that's quite easy to grow, not complicated. Yeah, I've had yeah. some success with these myself. Yeah, have you? So you've grown yeah. carrots? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, we're here. We're here. We're here. <laughs> Any particular type of carrots? Or... Oh, I don't know. The long ones. The long ones. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Because that's the thing as well. Right now, there's, there's loads of different varieties and this, mm. that, the other. There's different shapes, different sizes, you name it, that's going on. But actually, did you know carrots weren't originally orange. I didn't know. Tell me. There you go. So if you saw, if you look back, and actually they reckon that the um, it was the Dutch, and to do with the Dutch, I think from what I understand, the Dutch royal family, um, and they obviously the, the Dutch is that, that orange colour. And so we had carrots that were sort of dark, rich, crimson colours, um, right through to sort of whites, and these were hybridised wow. to make that colour yeah, because you Orange. still see, don't you, like the purple carrots, and they're a real novelty. You don't see them very often. Yeah. But that's so interesting. Yeah, so I've become quite fascinated with growing. This makes me sound like a sad old man, doesn't it, really? <laughs> I've become fascinated with growing purple carrots. Um, but actually, again, there's there's purple carrots and purple carrots. Mm. So what I mean by that is there's, you know, there's sort of purple carrots on the outside and then they're orange on the inside and yeah. when you cook them sometimes they blend away. They're pretty in a salad though, aren't they? They are, they are. They're but nice. you can get purple, purple carrots. And even my lot at home are looking at it as if to say, what's that? What is that? What's he doing? Yeah. What's he doing? You know, And you get that rich, out of a proper purple carrot, you'll get that rich sort of real deep beetrooty colour and that and that sort of blood. Wow, I bet they're packed with goodness then. I bet yeah. they're really good for you. And I suppose it's that idea again, is it? If we look back at those heritage varieties, you know, that, that lack of breeding mm. means that ultimately, you know, we've got more packed in there. Yeah, we've um, just become so used to seeing the same, you know, pack of carrots yeah. on our shelves, haven't we? Maybe a Chantenay every now and <laughs> yeah, then. Exactly. But, you know, they're, they're pretty much a standard size in the supermarkets and you don't see any of that variety that is obviously out there, but we don't know about it and it's such a shame. And that's why we need to grow it. Yeah. So, yeah, it goes back, doesn't it, to that, if you grow your own, you get that choice. And I think uh, they're another one. They're not complicated to grow. If I had to create the perfect conditions, you know, for a carrot, it would be well-drained, sunny position, light, fertile soil, not much in the way of stones. Mm, I think um, I've run into a few stones. Yeah. Because mine are always very wonky and knobbly. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Then, then you end up with... with wonky, knobbly things that end up sometimes looking a little bit rude. Yeah. You know, I walk in, there's plenty of times I walk into the kitchen with one carrot and going, you know, even in my 50s, I'm still like a child. Look at this. Can we put this online? And the kids are going, no, you can't put that online. You can't put that online. It looks too bad. Um, but interestingly as well with, with carrots, whereas a lot of what I've talked about is all about putting the goodness in the ground, the goodness mm. in the ground, well manured. 
Carrots are not good with that. So actually, when you're rotating your planting around around your garden, it's good to back off in places. So when I would mulch once a year, you know, to make sure the goodness was there for the following year. So what I'm doing already is where I've pulled uh, maybe my brassicas or something like that out of the ground, or I've maybe cleared some spinach or something, I've cleared an autumn area and it's ready for mulching, but I want to put my carrots in there next year, no mulch, no compost, and that will stay as it is. So carrots work better in that slightly less fertility. Okay. And then I'll grow the carrots in there. So where I take the carrots out of one year, I then compost the life out of that because it's more mm. or less had two years. Yeah. But somewhere else that would be prepped for the carrots. Does that make sense? Yeah, you know? Okay, so I'm with you. but again, I've seen them grown window boxes. I can remember in lockdown, Monty with the programme couldn't do two of the programmes. And it was at that madness when everybody was yeah, things were changing by the hour, mm. you know, and and the Gardener's World lot sent... We had a tiny little team that was allowed to come and do stuff still at that point. And um, what can you do? Everybody's going to be stuck at home. What can we do, you know? And I did a an old sort of galvanised bucket mm. of carrots. Yeah. I spent the rest of the time in lockdown being sent pictures of carrots wow. in buckets, um, <laughs> you know, and people showing me their harvesting because mm. that was a time when we, you know, people engaged with their gardens, didn't they? And there was yeah. a there was a big push on sort of growing your own food. Yeah, but, but yeah, so I suppose growing it, get away with anywhere. Light, fertile soil. Don't sow too cold. So again, not too early in the season. And you don't want them in wet, wet soil. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they sort of prefer that slightly sort of drier. When I say drier, you know, we'll, we'll sort of that. So I would sow probably mid-March on a good spring all the way through. Well, to be fair, I'm still sowing them in, in June. Okay. As you can imagine, I'm going to say, do what it says on the packet. Also, <laughs> just do your own thing. You know, I I sow thinly, create that little drill, sow thinly, probably, I don't know, 10, 15 mil mm-hmm. deep, sow them in a water trench, fill it back in. They're quite a small seed. Mm. Um, and I suppose another tip that we haven't talked about, because obviously a lot of the time we sow from our hand, you know, mm. and some of the veg garden seeds and whatever can be quite small. Yeah. So another little tip is sometimes to either use some white paper, fold it in half, mm. put your seeds in the white paper, and then just put the white paper over and just tap. Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah. The amount and of it, times I've opened a seed packet and they just go everywhere, uh, or I've put them in the kids' hands, and, and before it, you know it, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Gone. Yeah, so uh, say so thinly. But what's lovely, even if you don't, the moment they start coming out of the ground, you can thin them. So I tend to thin them and eat them, Mm. you know, so I tend to let them keep going until I've got baby carrots and then I'll I'll start to really thin them. Then I'll feed off the baby carrots and eventually I'll thin them out, I suppose, enough that that there's probably 50, 60, 70 mil between a plant depending on the variety Mm. of carrot and, and keep them sort of well watered keep them weed free and the only thing really problem wise that I suffer from is um is carrot fly. 
So again, I don't, you know, there's nothing chemically with me. So what I do is I put a really fine mesh Mm -hmm. over, you know, more or less like a fleecy type mesh. And because I grow in sort of little raised beds, what I actually do is my little raised beds are quite square. So I put the mesh over and I now get bungees, you know, bungee ties. Yeah. I get bungee tie, I put it all the way around the bed and lock it off. Okay. And then I don't really... That's it. I, and I don't go in there, you know. You mm. don't want to go in there too much because when you start to disturb them, you know, you sort of can attract carrot flies. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Well, that sounds like it's, you know, easy to do. Oh, I'm going to keep going and try some new varieties for yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, it's lovely. You can get mixed rainbow ones, yeah. the yellows, so you can get the yellows. But you do see those a bit now, don't you, in the you supermarkets? You do see them a bit more in supermarkets. But, yeah. yeah, like we've said so many times, the beauty of growing your own is that you can go through all these different varieties yeah. and it just makes your cooking so much more oh, interesting. Yeah. And it's a real talking yeah. point as well, isn't it? I bet yeah. when you bring out those purple carrots, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, like you said, everyone's going, what's yeah, that? Yeah, and, you yeah. know, I love that. I think that's that's a really nice yeah. thing to be able to do. Yeah, it is. It is. It def- definitely is. And I think it was well with carrots, you know, a lot of the time. You know, it'll stay in the ground for a long time. If I tend to lift mine if it gets too wet, but they'll store. Mm. They'll store really easy. So I will put them in the garage in, in a sort of in layers of sand, in layers of sort of bark compost. Mm-hmm. They'll last for quite a long time in, in sort of darker, slightly drier conditions. You okay. just build layers of them up and they'll be absolutely fine. So so a good sort of another one of those plants is good to grow a decent amount because yeah. you can you know, you can start to store them without even starting filling up the freezer yeah. or anything like that. So and good like you say, there's loads of ways to preserve them as well. Yeah. You can stick them in the freezer, um, but you can also make nice pickles out of carrots yeah. and you can do all sorts. You can even use the carrot tops. So I make yeah. a really nice carrot top pesto, which is delicious, Ooh. really nice, has a bit of a kind of fresh parsley sort of taste to it. So that's a really nice thing to do with the tops. And even the peelings, you know, I don't chuck them away. I stick them in the freezer, make a bag up, and then you've got a bag of peeled veg for stocks when you're making a stock. So you can use every part of the carrot, which I love. You know, that's a real bonus as well. Yeah, a couple of nice, easy... Slightly flash dishes with carrots. Come on, girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, carrots. I mean, I use carrots so much. They're always in my kitchen and they're so versatile. Like we talked about with pumpkins before, you know, they have that lovely sweetness. Mm. So they're great in sweet dishes, which we are going to talk about later because I've bought something sweet. To oh, I can see it. I'm not going to give it chat. away, though. So I'm going to have a slice of that later. Oh, you can, you're teasing them I'm now. I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> but also, obviously... On, in savoury dishes, I think boiling carrots, boiling and boiling and boiling carrots is just a travesty because they lose all their lovely flavour. So actually, I think, you know, boiling a lot of vegetables should just be slung out the window. Let's yeah. let's roast them and let's barbecue them and think yeah. of more interesting ways to cook them because they retain so much more flavour and texture. So I love to roast my carrots. I make a really nice dish with roasted carrots where I make a whipped feta. So you blitz up feta and Greek yogurt and you can add a bit of lemon zest or something to it if you want to. Spread that over a plate, top it with your roasted carrots and then you can make a really nice dressing with some chopped dates, lemon, parsley, chuck in some toasted nuts and drizzle that all over the top and scoop it up with a flatbread and it's just gorgeous. You're doing it again. So that's, that's like if you're going to have, you know, like a little spread, a meze spread, yeah, and you yeah, can stick yeah. that in the table, 
that's gorgeous. That's a lovely way to cook them. Or, you know, you can keep it more classic with like Vichy carrots. Have you had a Vichy carrot? No, it's a very on. classic French way of cooking carrots where you cook them down with a bit of orange juice. Oh, and yeah, butter. yeah, yeah, yeah. See, really I, classic. I, I sort of, and I know some of those you things, I just don't know the, the names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm teaching you some yeah. French stuff. Yeah. So that's a really classic way to, to eat carrots. They go so nicely yeah. with, you know, orange and a bit of coriander seed in yeah. there would be delicious. Carrot and coriander, match made yeah, in heaven, yeah, 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 whiz yeah. that up in a soup, gorgeous. And then we get onto the sweet side of things. So grated carrot through a cake, a steamed yeah. pudding. It just like brings a lovely flavour but also keeps your bakes nice and moist and adds a lovely texture as well so I'm all for that as well yeah wow that sounds yeah that sounds so you know with with the carrots sometimes what what you said a couple of classic herbs any you know how wide does that range become that work I mean I think time works well with carrots I mean it's pretty wide to be honest yeah like you've said so many times with growing veg I I don't like the rules you know let's get rid of the rules so there are classic pairings but really you know you can go with rosemary thyme tarragon works really nicely with carrots and then the softer herbs in certain situations parsley's lovely with carrots coriander if you're roasting them a bit of sage through there you, it really, it really, you know, doesn't matter. Doesn't you matter can use whatever more. you've got growing on in the garden or whatever you've got in the fridge, and it will just be a really nice pairing. Carrots go really nicely with herbs in general. Yeah, and I I'd sometimes have done them in a in a sort of shallow. If I've got a, like a decent vegetable stock kicking mm. around, I might actually just, you know, more or less bubble them off quickly in that stock mm. and then throw them in the oven just to finish mm. them off. I've done them that way. Yeah. Um, but also, you know, I told you about the elephant, the elephant garlic. garlic. yeah. Slicing that, then get those really thick bits mm. and then put them across the roasting ones. That, that's that been quite that nice as good. well. good, yeah. yeah. You can make a really nice um, tart with carrots as well. Like really, if you've got some of those beautiful, yeah, different yeah, coloured yeah. carrots and you, you know, line them up on top of a puff pastry tart with some ricotta spread underneath or something that looks so lovely maybe sprinkle some pistachios or some nuts over the top gorgeous yeah and man that sounds that sounds amazing so i think you know again they're they're a veg not hard to grow you know one of my worries is carrot fly keep them watered you know and away you go away you go yeah, yeah. i suppose we go from that really on to Something like parsnips, which in my life are a little bit hit and miss, I'll be honest. They're either absolutely <laughs> brilliant or they're a disaster. <laughs> and there's not a lot in between. But I, same sort of approach as with carrots. I don't tend to sow those probably until mid-spring, early summer, well-drained, light, fertile soil, but not too much goodness in there. Um and then I do sow those, you know, straight in, into drills. But with these, I suppose I, I allow more room between the drills. Whereas the carrots, I, you know, I'll, I'll break those rules. And, you know, if I do a, more than one row, I'll push them really close, quite close together. Whereas actually with the parsnips, I'll, I'll keep probably nearly a foot, so nearly 30 centimetres between the two, um, water the reel, and then away they go. And I will thin them out over time. So you're probably looking... I don't know, everything between five and seven centimetres, mm. you know. Is there in between a sweet spot plants. before it gets a bit woody? Yeah, and I think that's yeah. the key with them. I think the key with them is is if they dry out too much, you know, you end up with that 
with that woody sort of centre. Mm. And I think actually even when you go and buy, I don't know about you how you treat them, but when you go and buy parsnips, a lot of the time, and I don't know whether this was something my uncle ages ago or whatever, somebody has obviously along the line has told me, you know, you can see that woody centre. Yeah. Um, and I tend to get the potato peeler mm. and I just take that woody centre out yeah. and then just have the outer, mm. still a good thickness, because it takes that woolly centre out. I don't, mm. How do you approach parsnips? What's the sort of... I don't throw any of it away. I just yeah. chomp my way through those woolly yeah, bits. Yeah, but yeah, I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah. Again, I like a roasted parsnip. I think that really helps yeah. to bring out the flavour. And if they are slightly tougher, I'll probably just cut them in a different way. So cut them... It's like a piece of steak. You know, like if you've yeah. got a tough piece of steak and then you cut it in the right way, so you're going through the grain, it helps to tenderise the cut. And a parsnip is the same, really. So you can make parsnip chips or something if you've got a particularly woody parsnip and you put it through a mandolin so you've got, you know, nice thin yeah, shavings, yeah. then you probably wouldn't notice the woodiness of it so no, much. that's a good shout. So I think cutting it in a different way is actually a, a good way to combat woody yeah, parsnips. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I love roasted parsnips, just like carrots. I think that really helps to bring out the sweetness. But parsnips have also got kind of an earthiness, haven't yeah, they, to them? Yeah. That lovely, like, earthy undertone. And that goes really well with flavours like maple syrup and nuts. Yeah, 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 so I like to, yeah, you know, yeah, roasted yeah, with some maple yeah. syrup, they go all sticky on the oh, bottom. And, oh, that's just yeah. so and good. And also you and your crunchy bits, you and know. And the crunchy bits. When you get like the, the end yeah. and that. And oh, then, yeah, it's yeah, all about oh, those crunchy bits. Because I serve up a lot in, in my house, you know. Yeah. And so, you know, if I do the, that Sunday sort of cooking, my favourite bits and most of the bits that's left in the pan. Yeah, chef's perks. Oh, wait, when I'm, when I'm scraping them off. Oh, and, yeah. You know, if, if there's anything that I'm like, I think that's oh, a good indicator man. of how much you love your kids, if you give them the crispy no, bits or no, not. No, no, I don't love any of my kids that much. There's no way. No way, mate. You know, I've got four of them, obviously, so mm. you can imagine there has been some rows in our house <laughs> about who's had this, who's had that, yeah. and there's certain things... No, mum has to have it. <laughs> you can't have that. I've got to give it to mum because, yeah. like, if I don't give it to mother, There'll that's it. There'll be trouble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, I, what other ways do you use them? Soups? Soups, yeah. Soup, yeah. Parsnips make great soups, don't they? Really delicious. But, again, you can use them in sweet bakes as well. So we've got a lovely sticky toffee parsnip pudding on the Good Food website, yeah, which wow. is gorgeous. And it just, you know, acts like a carrot. It adds a bit yeah. of moisture, but it adds a really nice flavour as well or a parsnip cake parsnip cake similar to a carrot cake really delicious gives it that nice kind of subtle earthiness which again goes really nicely with like a maple frosting something like that so I think they're more versatile than people realise they go with like creamy flavours as well so in a a gratin or you know a dauphinoise type of bake delicious and it just gives the potatoes an extra dimension so I'd probably put them in with the potatoes because they don't have the same kind of starchiness as the potatoes do they so work them in with the potatoes in that kind of gratin a lot of the time these days when I'm cooking you know a quick dinner I don't use a lot of meat in my cooking so I'll try and make the vegetables the star of the show as we've said before so I might just if I'm making a dal or something for dinner I'd roast off some parsnips in some cumin seeds and a few other spices and put them on top of the dal 
or if I had, you know, some, you, some you lentils. Do, you do know you make most people feel slightly inadequate, now, <laughs> right? me, especially me, in a week when I haven't got much time, you know, if I'm just making a dough or if I'm... Or, you yeah. know, pulling a portion but out of the like, freezer. It's a yeah, good way you're to... amazing. You're amazing. <laughs> you are amazing. It's sort of like, you know, it's me that feels inadequate. Yeah. <laughs> Flesh. But, yeah. So, go on. So, about the dough. Go on. Carry yeah, on. Yeah, so I would just top, yeah. you know, a, some, a, a dough or even like some puy lentils if it's more of a kind of a French lentil dish. Yeah. Stick some roasted parsnips on top of that and make that the hero of the dish rather than just something you're putting on the side which is a bit boring and a bit ignored I think you know we should be eating these things in in lots of different ways and trying yeah. to integrate them in different ways I mean, parsnips I think if I if I think about one of my favourite smells in the veg garden mm. it's a freshly pulled parsnip it's a lovely smell isn't oh, it if you, if you pull a parsnip just clean them up and just actually you're really mm. is intoxicating. It's quite unique, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Mm. You know, and I tell you what, another route before we go on to sort of something like beetroots that I quite like with parsnips, and you might shoot me down for this is um, it's horseradish. Oh yeah, it's so, yeah, really well. And, and I, I grow horseradish, mm. but you have to be careful if you're going to grow horseradish. So if you put horseradish in your allotment or in your garden, that's what you'll have. Okay. Horseradish, horseradish can get rocking and rolling. It can, right. it can go. But fresh horseradish mm. is absolutely incredible. Yeah, and, and you can stick the whole thing in the freezer, can't you? Uh, That's what I've done before, and just, just grate it as you it, need it. And it benefits so much from from actually, in a weird way, the, the taste benefits from from cold weather anyway. Mm. So, but what I do is I've got a like a big sort of container that that has got no bottom in it, mm. and what I do is I put that in the ground just about so open bottom sort of steelish type container, rusty old thing it is, and I put my my horseradish in that. So what you do when you're buying horseradish when you plant horseradish, you're literally buying the root. Okay. And then you buy little snippets of the roots yeah. and then you make a certain amount of like you know, you dib in your holes yeah. and you drop your horseradish in. Okay. And you and actually that's a brilliant plant. To grow, you I've know, never thought of growing horseradish, but I'm uh, gonna add and, that to my list. And again, you know, fresh horseradish that you, you know, even if I've done it, even with like a sour, just grated some in a sour cream and does yeah, it. Oh, the, the taste is just completely different. Yeah, you know? and it is. Wakes I mean, up your taste buds. yeah. <laughs> but this is a man that's sad enough to also grow wasabi. Oh, do you? Interesting. How easy is that to grow? Do you know what? Wasabi's hit and miss. Because if you think about actually some of these things where they would grow in the wild, Mm. I don't know how I've got to wasabi on roots. (laughs) But well, you eat the root, don't you, technically? So, but you can eat both. Mm. So, I mean, this is, you know, in a sense, in Japan, it would be in sort of shady, cool conditions Mm. by water. Um, so it, it does like that sort of wet, cool conditions. So it's okay. not necessarily the easiest thing to grow in one of the driest parts of the country mm. is where I live. But I do do a shady little spot in the garden, in the veg garden, and and I can get, you know, over a couple of years, I can get a decent amount of wasabi going. I, I normally buy it as, as little sort of plants mm. online. But the one thing I love with wasabi is not just the root, it's the leaf. Oh, okay. You can eat yeah, the leaf you as well. can eat. So wow. baby leaves, young leaves off wasabi mm. are absolutely incredible. Do they taste like wasabi? Oh, uh, yeah, they do. But in a in a milder, you've not got that. Oh my god, I'm just about to lose my yeah. eyesight type feeling. Nice, you know, okay. and where it goes up your nose and yeah. whatever. No, they're they're milder, but you get that that warmth. And I think even with fresh, you know, I, I mean, I can eat 
I can dig horseradish, and and I'll cut a bit off and I'll and I'll chew it. Oh, and that must my make my own. No, it's not too. No. Honestly, it's not too bad. And I absolutely love it. And and sometimes what I do is do something like a carrot dish, and then if I've got some of that kicking about, just mm. freshly grate some of that yeah, over the top. Nice. Oh, magical. It's nice in a remoulade. Do you ever make a remoulade with? No, go on. It's another one of them posh words, girl. On it. <laughs> go on. Okay, so a celeriac, you know, fine, yeah. really finely shredded up. Yeah. Through a, a kind of mayonnaise-y, classically mustardy dressing, yeah. really delicious with like roast beef. But if you swap out the mustard for a bit of horseradish. That is just knockout, really yeah. good. So, did you learn all these flash words at, at, when you oh, did cookery school? I'm just a food geek, aren't I? I just, I yeah. just love it. Mind you, I suppose I could, you I know, read all the books. And... Yeah, I suppose that's a bit like me with Latin, <laughs> exactly. isn't it? I could start, that's you know, it. start reeling off all these bits yeah. and pieces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I read all the books, but I'm dyslexic, so I get to the, I get to the sort of difficult words, and I, it's not that important. It can't be. Surely, it's just the ingredients and this and that. That's funny. I've got a terrible memory, but I can remember the food words like that you know like it's really weird, easily yeah because you know what i can it's even if you think i spent my life creating gardens and i'll see people that i've not seen for 10 years and and i might have forgotten their name yeah and they'll insist oh you did our garden for, yeah you did our <laughs> garden for us you know 10 15 years ago yeah. and i can then tell them mm. exactly what their garden looks like yeah yeah and that's mad <laughs> You know, absolutely mad, isn't it? Mm. And it's uh, they're things we care about, isn't yeah, it? I think reality I think so. is. Yeah. I think so. And I suppose after the horseradish, you mentioned celiac. I think that's something that I've experimented from. I think that's definitely a vegetable that works better in certain parts of the country for okay. different people. I think my dry conditions are not always the best for that. Um, so I don't tend to grow, but also my lot won't. They won't touch that. I like putting it through mashed potato and things like yeah, that every nice. now and then mm. just to do a bits and pieces. And that's another thing with that horseradish. Mm. That's quite nice just to grate some and work it through yeah. work it through the mash. We've got a lovely yeah. recipe on the Good Food website for a celeriac steak. So, again, wow. going back to making yeah, the, making the, the veg, the star. Yeah. And you cook it in a gochujang butter. So gochujang yeah. is a Korean chilli paste and it's rich and sticky and dark so delicious and you um yeah you cook it down in this gochujang butter and it's meaty you know cut like a slice from the middle so you've got a really nice yeah. thick steak of it and it's just delicious yeah it's it's amazing isn't it that we you know we don't i know we're doing it more but that connection yeah yeah you know and that, that those sort of real strong flavours that we've got in veggies that we don't celebrate enough mm. it is all a bit weird yeah we're losing it a bit which is sad isn't it and you know like we talk, we've talked a lot about growing different varieties and the flavour profiles yeah. of the different varieties and we just don't get that from the supermarkets no. anymore and even what you do get in the supermarkets it's it seems to be becoming blander and blander yeah. and you lose that true flavour of the ingredient. You know, the reality is, you know, is that, that things are bred, they're bred to look good, as we've said before, but mm. also they're bred to travel. Yeah. You know, I can remember being in a, um, I got invited to, now we're going to talk, I'm going to talk about strawberries now, which is like completely <laughs> mental because we were meant to be talking about cows. <laughs> but I got invited to Egypt. To, mm. to a garden. He met me at Chelsea and um, this Egyptian fella, but he used to own big strawberry nurseries out towards Alexandria, so out, mm. outside of Cairo. I went out there and I helped him design his garden, which was like amazing. Um, but he took me out to the nursery 
it sort of was showing me the fields and everything looked amazing, you know. And of course, I went down to pick something up and he went, no, 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 no. don't eat that. I went, he said, that doesn't taste very good. Oh. He said, that's the ones we send to you. Oh, really? He said, but they travel really well. Wow. And, you know, and he said, he's sad. He said, but if you want to eat nice strawberries, eat those ones. Yeah. These did go to the local market and they looked exactly the same. Mm. But one was a completely different it's amazing, isn't it? experience. Yeah. And I think that idea of just being, you know, local, regional, seasonal. Yeah, it's so important. Oh, man. Yeah, and I suppose the other route, and I think we've touched on this before. I'm not sure. I feel like we've talked about beetroot before. I don't know if we have. Have we a little bit? Maybe about the leaves. We've, we've spoken a bit about yeah. the leaves. I think. I mean, beetroot is a is a really again just simple to grow. Mm. If I think about you know sowing that, I'm I'm sowing it probably at the end of the May. Weed free space. You know, a bit of goodness in the soil, and. You know, sowing, not unlike carrots, really, I suppose, you know, sort of centimetre, centimetre and a half. Again, I don't worry too much about it. Mm. I sort of, I make a reel and I put them in, they grow. So, wet the drill through, sow them, cover them, and then thin. Mm -hmm. Same sort of distances, really, that I'm looking probably to do something like the parsnips. Mm. Because, again, you know, beetroots will develop over a period of time and... Uh, though I'm looking probably for about golf ball size when I start to pull them out, some of them I'll let get bigger as the season goes on. But again, they're another one colour-wise. There's so many different colours to yeah, play with. Yeah, they're so beautiful, now. Aren't they? And, and you know, but as far as as far as cooking them, they're another go-to, aren't they? They roast beautifully they as do. well. They do, and I think again. We tend to boil them quite often, but actually roasting them in their skins just helps to lock in all that flavour and seems to intensify the colour as well. It's not leaching yeah, out into the yeah. water. So I love to roast them in their skins and then the skins just slip off, don't they? They're yeah, really yeah, yeah. easy to prepare. There's none, no peeling. And then you can almost roast them off and then keep them in the fridge for a week and use them as you like. You know, slice them through a salad. Yeah, a nice yeah, lentil yeah. salad is beautiful with beetroots or put them in a curry. They're delicious in a curry and that flavour flavour just bleeds into the sauce yeah, yeah, it's gorgeous yeah. or you know if you really want to make the most of the lovely colour something like a risotto yeah yeah beautiful bright pink you know, oh, know. risotto how cool yeah, is that yeah. or pasta as well yeah. I've seen loads of videos on social media of this pink pasta and it's all made of beetroot, beetroot obviously yeah. and it just looks so cool but it tastes does. amazing as yeah, well it does yeah I like I definitely love I love Pickling it, you know, just keeping it in the fridge, mm. balsamic vinegars, but roast it. We, we, you know, it's another one of those veggies um, that I grow a, a lot of. Mm. So if you imagine in my veg garden, I've probably at the moment, wow, I would have, as the season goes on, I'd have probably four, four or five rows, probably all about a metre long. Um, that's how much beetroot we would get through. Different as a, varieties. Different varieties yeah. as a family. But I won't pull from, you know, I'll pull a couple from there, yeah. a couple from there, and say early on in this season, you know, we'll use the things. But, um, mm. but yeah, they're, they're, they're again, they're, they're not really... A lot of what we've talked about, the parsnips, you know, the carrots are right, we talk about carrot fly, but, but the beetroot, they're not that problematic. You know, I think a lot of those are things that you don't have to stress too much. You could have your couple-of-week holiday. As long as you don't go away, you know, too early on, once these things get established, 
you know, because they've got long tap roots, they seem to they, they seem to hold their own yeah. and, and deal with the conditions a little bit. Okay, um, I'm gonna no. I'm gonna add beetroot to my but, list. It's yeah, getting longer exactly. and longer by the minute. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> but also remember as well, you know, you've got the leaves. Yeah, the leaves are really tasty as well, aren't they? And lovely through a salad, they look so gorgeous. Yeah. So, so I suppose summary is if you think about if we think about the carrots, you know, the, the, as the main topic here free draining sunny conditions you know you want the soil to be fertile but you don't want it to be mega mm-hmm. mulched anything like that not too stony otherwise you're going to get your knobbly bits yeah. and your <laughs> you know your instagram or whatever it is pictures <laughs> and yeah, thin them as you go don't waste those thinnings you've said i mean i love that idea of making a pesto out yeah, of, out of the tops delicious. yeah I didn't, you know, that's that sounds. That's what I'm definitely going to give it a go. Yeah, and use them in all the different ways. So I think, wow. Yeah, and I'm going to show you another way to use them go now on. in a delicious cake that I've brought with me. So carrot cake is my all-time favourite cake. I love it. I love the spices through it, and you know, raisins, or you can have nuts through there sometimes. This one's got pistachios through it and on top which just add a lovely pop of colour. They look gorgeous, yeah. don't they? Um, and all of the roots we've talked about actually today, I know I've touched on parsnips can be used in bakes. Yeah. Beetroots as well. They're lovely in a chocolate yeah. cake. Oh, yeah. They're there, but... I've... I've, I've had that? that before. No, yeah. I've not done it. I've had that. Yeah. That's like... It, it works so well because yeah. the chocolate is quite you know, one-dimensional and the beetroot just brings that earthiness and again, like moisture to the cake. So delicious. Um, So, yeah, you can chuck a beetroot into your cakes And when you said spices, Mm. what what sort of spices would we be saying? So all those lovely warming spices work really well with carrots, cinnamon, allspice, cloves, nutmeg, anything like that in that kind of family of spices is going to work really well in savoury or sweet dishes. This has got a mixture of those in there. So a nice gentle spicing to just really complement the sweetness of the carrots. Do you want to give it a go? Yeah, you know I am. You're looking at me, you can see my face. It's like... I've got my cup of tea ready. It's time for cake. Exactly, it's time for cake. (laughs) Oh my, look at that. Should I catch it? That's a big wedge, isn't it? That is a big wedge. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry, I'm going for a run in the morning. <laughs> also, I work on the basis that okay. someone once told me that when you, as soon as you cut a cake, um, all the calories come out of it anyway, so it's all right. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so I, I'm always stuck with that one. Yeah. We don't think about calories mm. when we're eating cake. We just enjoy yeah. the cake. And our topping, what was the, you probably so did say. this is the cream cheese cream. Oh, lovely. topping, which again goes really nice. Any soft cheeses go really nicely with carrots. So your ricottas or in burrata, if you roast off a load of carrots and roots in a tray and stick a burrata in the middle of that, gorgeous. Lovely. What about um, carrots and ginger? Because mm. that's sort of, I'm just tasting that and think like that warmth mm. of ginger. Sorry, Doug. I know. Sorry, I've been. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, another lovely pairing. Really nice for a Christmas dinner if you roast them off with a bit of stem ginger. You know, some of the syrup from the jar. Mm. That's a lovely, uh, lovely pairing with the spiciness and the sweetness. It goes really nicely together. That is, that's special. It's good. As per normal, you've blown my mind. (laughs) And you mine. Yeah, bless you. (laughs) But I tell you what you've done. He's, in a weird way, really made me rethink. I say I love, I do enjoy my cooking, but I definitely look at my catalogue 
and I'm either looking at new varieties, something unusual. But actually, what I'm going to do this year is as I add things to the garden, it's going to be driven by what I can make out of them. Mm. And, you know, I'm going to complement things and and start to do yeah. that. So this has been awesome. It Thank really you very much. has. I've loved it. You're an angel. There you go. <laughs> Cheers, darling. Thank you for listening to this BBC Gardener's World magazine podcast with me, Adam Frost, and of course, Cassie Best. For more information on the recipes we've discussed today, go to bbcgoodfood.com. <laughs>